Welcome to Psych Segments, all kinds of psychology knowledge in tiny segments. Hosted by your personal psychology professor and made for the psychology student or student at heart. A podcast that even your mom would approve of. Just ask Freud. Hey, thanks for joining me for another episode of Psych Segments. Today's topic has to do with the brain, and more importantly, mistakes on the brain. Typically in a Psych 101 course, after you get through kind of the intro, what is psychology, and maybe some important historical figures, one of the first topics that's often discussed has to do with the perspective on psychology known as neuroscience, or the biological perspective. Basically, this kind of approach says that we need to look at the way people think and behave as a function of how the brain is structured and the chemical balances within it. So before we start to look at how the brain actually does work, which we will in a future segment, let's take a minute to understand how wrong we were about neuropsychology for a good couple hundred years. So thanks to technology, we've actually come a long way in understanding how the brain works. The subfield of neuropsychology has made leaps and bounds in the past 50 or so years simply because we have better ways of studying the brain, imaging the brain, and understanding how it actually works when it's alive and functioning. You know, for a long time, the only way we could understand how the brain worked was basically to wait for someone to die, crack open their skull, and dissect their brain. And unfortunately, it wasn't a very sophisticated process, and we missed a lot of what the brain does when it's actually functioning. It's kind of like trying to understand what a car does if it's not running. You can see the pieces, you can even label the pieces, but you have no idea how they actually function because you can't see it in action. So before we had fMRIs and EEGs, our best guess as to why we may have mental disorders was rooted in some pretty inaccurate understandings of the brain. First of all, there was a concept that was around for many years called bloodletting. Sometimes you hear it referred to as trephining. This was an idea that existed for over 2,000 years, right up until the late 19th century. And believe it or not, it said that if somebody was mentally disturbed or having problems in the way that they functioned, the best way to cure them was to essentially drill a hole in their skull and let them bleed out for a while. This process was essentially meant to let out any demons or bad spirits that were hiding in bodily fluids, causing the person to have episodes of psychosis. Now, keep in mind that if you were to go to a therapist or counselor today, no one's going to come at you with a Black & Decker drill. However, it does go to show you how wrong we were about the root of mental illness and how to cure it. Another form of pseudoscience is something called phrenology. You may have heard it mentioned in the movie My Girl, or you may recognize it if you're a fan of the band The Roots as a title to one of their most popular albums. But no matter where you heard it referenced, in the 1800s it was believed that you could understand someone's personality, their intelligence, and other characteristics that they had simply by feeling the bumps and grooves on a person's skull. Now, obviously, this is not correct, and there was no empirical evidence to support it. 
but believe it or not, it was widely accepted as a way to understand how human beings were. And for many years, we accepted this as a form of science. The funny part is, in my office, I actually have a phrenology model. It's actually seen as kind of a kitschy or interesting throwback to the mistakes that we made on the brain. One last example of how wrong we were about the interaction of biology, neurology, and psychology is the use of the term hysteria. Now, ladies, you may find this particularly interesting. Hysteria is now a word that we use to denote mass panic, chaos, or sometimes something that's incredibly hilarious and you can't control yourself laughing. If you're old enough, you might also recognize Hysteria as the name of an epic Def Leppard album. Either way, Hysteria used to be a term that was used for women who were displaying high levels of anxiety or some sort of psychotic break. Now, Hysteria uses the same root as terms like hysterectomy, and that should kind of be a clue for what the word used to refer to. We used to believe that hysteria occurred in women who were mentally unstable because their uterus had actually gotten up and wandered around their body. Now, clearly this is incorrect. Most women would probably agree that their organs are firmly intact where they're supposed to be, but it does demonstrate how wrong we were about mental disorders with particular respect to the female gender. It wasn't because of a wandering uterus. It was from a condition that perhaps was rooted in the brain with respect to neurochemicals, but definitely not the way we believed it was. This is the result of not having the technology we needed to study the brain while it was actually functioning. And with that, I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Psych Segments while we've been talking about mistakes on the brain. Subscribe to the podcast for future episodes when we talk about topics like the nervous system, the functions of the brain, the structure, and of course, neurotransmitters. Thanks for joining me today, and good luck on your next psychology test. But remember, no matter what grade you get, don't get too hysterical. If you've enjoyed today's episode of Psych Segments, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. For more psychological knowledge, check out the blog at www.psychsegments.com or follow me on Twitter to suggest topics for future episodes. I'd love to help you on your journey to understanding psychology and how it relates to you. Thanks for listening.